Welcome to Washington In Focus. I'm Brett Davis. Joining me today is our investigative reporter, TJ Martinell. Today, I'm going to talk about a story you wrote, uh, the headline of which is Crime and Punishment, Prosecutions After the 2020 Bellevue Riot. This goes back to May of 2020, when dozens of looters broke into Bellevue Square Mall and other downtown businesses, while demonstrators protested the death of George Floyd nearby. Police chief at the time called it a well-organized plan. So... How many people have been charged and what has happened to them since? Since then, there's been they did uh, a bunch of arrests and then they did an investigation into the crime that involved looking at up to around 10,000 hours of video footage. People sent in video footage that they had taken of the rioters and the looters and putting that together. And what they ended up doing was getting 56 felony cases. So that's different from misdemeanors that's handled at the city attorney level. 56 felony cases were referred to the King County Prosecutor's Office. And of that, there's been 28 charges filed and 16 felony convictions. Now there's seven ongoing cases and one of those cases is still under review. And I was talking to uh, someone with the Bellevue Police Department and they said one of the problems with prosecuting some of these crimes is that you can't just have them on video breaking into a store. If you're going to charge them with with theft, you have to also prove that they have the property on hand or you've got to do some other there's got to be what she called or described as two pieces of evidence there. And so that was one of the difficulties with that. But yeah, it was interesting also. Uh this is not including the story, but uh the from the conversation I had with Bellevue police, they are seeming it's seeming that they're shifting away from the organized crime aspect of it and saying that this is more of a, um, it was organized on social media, meaning people were just encouraging anyone and everyone to come and loot and, and riot there while the protests were going on. And the interesting thing also about it is that this hasn't occurred since, um, because the police have really learned from, it seems from that experience to anticipate whenever there's a political protest or rally that anybody who's looking to cause problems are going to get segregated and just controlled. So it sounds like they actually learned something from this incident. Yeah. And an important thing for people who aren't familiar with the Seattle metro area is that Bellevue has always been had this reputation of being the calmer, less politically uh, controversial city compared to Seattle. If you like the major political rallies like the, um, you know, some of the rioting that went on in the 90s with some uh, world organizations there that stuff occurs in seattle but we i don't think there were ever a riot or looting like we saw in bellevue in 2020 i think that that's the worst that's ever happened in the city's history and it was very out of character and so that's why i think that for that to occur in any other circumstance would be very unlikely moving forward now were any of these uh, charges were they moved up to the federal level any any federal charges there was some crimes that were investigated at the federal level, but there were no convictions. And there was only one prosecution that got kicked down to the King County Superior Court on condition that they plead guilty in King County Superior Court. So the feds decided not to charge them. So in terms of punishment, what was the most stringent punishment doled out? Well, that's the interesting part is that our state has uh, sentencing ranges that's based on an offender score. So how many prior felony convictions you have determines your sentencing range on top of uh, overall sentencing guidelines. So the longest sentence that I could find that didn't include time served in jail was six months. And that was a median sentence, meaning between the, the minimum and maximum sentencing. Uh, some of them got like 24 months of probation, others. Uh, and one thing that I uh, did note is that the King County Prosecutor's Office um, 
fought for restitution in all property damage related cases. And in those cases, in all but two, the court uh, sided with them and, and made the people found guilty pay restitution as well. Now, as you mentioned, this hasn't happened before, but as a, an outsider looking in, it, it almost seems like the people were punished very lightly. Is that something people are thinking out there that, you know, these people didn't really get punished as much as maybe they should have been? I think in part, I think that's due not that, that's due to a combination of things. I think the statewide sentencing. The other thing that was noted is that none of them had prior felony convictions. So the mat, uh, within the year range for the offender score. So what that meant is that their maximum sentence could not have been beyond a year. So a year was the maximum sentencing range for the crimes that they could get get them on. And that was the other part that the police department was telling me is that in order to, to prosecute, you have to have you know the evidence there. And in a lot of cases, they said that people just fled the state or they fled the, the area. They just, they committed crimes and then they fled. So these may have been people who were not they were not local to Bellevue. They came into Bellevue, caused crime, and then no, fled. outsiders coming in to cause trouble. Yeah, and that happened actually with, or there was an attempt of that at a, at a follow-up political protest where they got wind of people coming from Seattle, and they anticipated it and were able to make sure that these people were. They kept an eye on them to make sure that they were not going to use the protest as a. Uh, diversion or distraction while they went and caused trouble. Yeah, I just wondered if people saw the punishment as too light, given that crime has been a major focus of the legislature this year, what with the police pursuit reform and the Blake decision and drug laws. But it seems like the city has it under control from what what you you told me. Yeah, it's what I'm what I'm seeing is that for the, the what the lesson the police department's learned is that it's much easier to to prevent crime from happening than to prosecute it afterwards, because if you prevent it, it doesn't happen. But if it does happen, you have to go out and get the evidence, you got to go uh, forward the charges to the to the prosecutor, then the, they got to take it to court. And they got to be able to get as much of a sentence as they could get. And then also the judge gets to decide ultimately, how long the sentence is going to be the prosecutor can push for whatever punishment they want. But it's ultimately the judges that get to decide, do they get the full maximum punishment? Or do they get a more lenient sentence? It sounds like they've learned to get in front of the problem. So they don't have to deal with this. Yeah, it's it, because what happens is, the you you don't want your downtown area that has so much business hub to develop a reputation like we were seeing with downtown Seattle where a lot of businesses are closing up shop and a lot of people are leaving and it's just it has this uh bad public uh safety image and you know Bellevue has never had that and so I think that that really also shocked a lot of the business owners there like um, Seattle's rich calmer younger brother <laughs> yeah so are city officials worried that this could happen again, that, you know, outsiders could come in and cause problems again, or do they from, have, do you think they I'm have reading, a pretty good handle on it? Yeah. From what I'm reading in emails uh, between the uh, city officials and the King County prosecutor's offices, the city officials seem very concerned with how the convictions and prosecutions were handled, meaning were these people punished sufficiently and, you know, how many people were punished. So they're, they're wondering what have been the consequences of for, for this kind of behavior but uh, you know the police department on their side they can't that's that's beyond their um control what they can focus on is making sure that this never happens again and from what you've told me it sounds like they have a, a pretty good handle on the situation so that's good to hear we hear a lot of a lot of negative stories about government dealing with crime so hopefully this is a positive one listeners can keep up with the story and more at the center for tj martindale this is brett davis please subscribe and thanks for listening mm-hmm.